part three chapter two of a raw youth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org a raw youth by fyodor dostoyevsky translated by constance garnet part three chapter two one i had not forgotten liza mother was mistaken the keen-sighted mother saw that there was something like coolness between brother and sister but it was rather jealousy than lack of love in view of what followed i will explain in a couple of words ever since prince sergey's arrest poor liza had shown a sort of conceited pride an unapproachable haughtiness almost unendurable but every one in the house knew the truth and understood how she was suffering and if at first i scowled and was sulky at her manner with us it was simply owing to my petty irritability increased tenfold by illness that is how i explain it now i had not ceased to love liza on the contrary i loved her more than ever only i did not want to be the first to make advances though i understood that nothing would have induced her either to make the first advances as soon as all the facts came out about prince sergey that is immediately after his arrest liza made haste at once to take up an attitude to us and to every one else that would not admit of the possibility of sympathy or any sort of consolation and excuses for prince sergey on the contrary she seemed continually priding herself on her luckless lover's action as though it were the loftiest heroism though she tried to avoid all discussion of the subject she seemed every moment to be telling us all though i repeat that she did not utter a word none of you would do the same you would not give yourself up at the dictates of honour and duty none of you have such a pure and delicate conscience and as for his misdeeds who has not evil actions upon his conscience only every one conceals them and this man preferred facing ruin to remaining ignoble in his own eyes this seemed to be expressed by every gesture liza made i don't know but i think in her place i should have behaved almost in the same way i don't know either whether those were the thoughts in her heart in fact i privately suspect that they were not with the other clear part of her reason she must have seen through the insignificance of her hero for who will not agree now that that unhappy man noble-hearted in his own way as he was was at the same time an absolutely insignificant person this very haughtiness and as it were antagonism towards us all this constant suspiciousness that we were thinking differently of him made one surmise that in the secret recesses of her heart a very different judgment of her unhappy friend had perhaps been formed but i hasten to add however that in my eyes she was at least half right it was more pardonable for her than for any of us to hesitate in drawing the final conclusion i will admit with my whole heart that even now when all is over i don't know at all how to judge the unhappy man who was such a problem to us all 
home was beginning to be almost a little hell on account of her liza whose love was so intense was bound to suffer terribly it was characteristic of her to prefer to suffer in silence her character was like mine proud and domineering and i thought then and i think now that it was that that made her love prince sergey just because he had no will at all and that from the first word from the first hour he was utterly in subjection to her this comes about of itself in the heart without any preliminary calculation but such a love the love of the strong woman for the weak man is sometimes incomparably more intense and more agonizing than the love of equal characters because the stronger unconsciously undertakes responsibility for the weaker that is what i think at any rate all the family from the first surrounded her with the tenderest care especially mother but liza was not softened she did not respond to sympathy and seemed to repulse every sort of help at first she did talk to mother but every day she became more reluctant to speak more abrupt and even more harsh she asked versilov's advice at first but soon afterwards she chose vassin for her counsellor and helper as i learned afterwards with surprise she went to see vassin every day she went to the law courts too by prince sergey's instructions she went to the lawyers to the crown prosecutor she came in the end to being absent from home for whole days together twice a day of course she visited prince sergey who was in prison in the division for noblemen but these interviews as i was fully convinced later were very distressing to liza of course no third person can judge of the relations of two lovers but i know that prince sergey was always wounding her deeply and by what do you suppose strange to say by his continual jealousy of that however i will speak later but i will add one thought on the subject it would be hard to decide which of them tormented the other more though with us she prided herself on her hero liza perhaps behaved quite differently alone with him i suspect so indeed from various facts of which however i will also speak later and so as regards my feeling and my attitude towards liza any external change there was was only simulated a jealous deception on both sides but we had never loved each other more than at that time i must add too that though liza showed surprise and interest when makar ivanovitch first arrived she had since for some reason begun to treat him almost disdainfully even contemptuously she seemed intentionally to take not the slightest notice of him having inwardly vowed to be silent as i explained in the previous chapter i expected of course theoretically that is in my dreams to keep my word oh with versilov for instance i would have sooner begun talking of zoology or of the roman emperors than of her for example or of that most important line in his letter to her in which he informed her that the document was not burnt but in existence a line on which i began pondering to myself again 
as soon as i had begun to recover and come to my senses after my fever but alas from the first steps towards practice and almost before the first steps i realized how difficult and impossible it was to stick to such resolutions the day after my first acquaintance with makar ivanovitch i was fearfully excited by an unexpected circumstance two i was excited by an unexpected visit from daria anisimovna the mother of the dead girl olia from my mother i had heard that she had come once or twice during my illness and that she was very much concerned about my condition whether that good woman as my mother always called her when she spoke of her had come entirely on my account or whether she had come to visit my mother in accordance with an established custom i did not ask mother usually told me all the news of the household to entertain me when she came with my soup to feed me before i could feed myself i always tried to appear uninterested in these domestic details and so i did not ask about daria anisimovna in fact i said nothing about her at all it was about eleven o'clock i was just meaning to get out of bed and install myself in the armchair by the table when she came in i purposely remained in bed mother was very busy upstairs and did not come down so that we were left alone she sat down on a chair by the wall facing me smiled and said not a word i foresaw this pause and her entrance altogether made an irritating impression on me without even nodding to her i looked her straight in the face but she too looked straight at me are you dull in your flat now the prince is gone i asked suddenly losing patience no i am not in that flat now through anna andreyevna i am looking after his honour's baby now whose baby andrei petrovitch's she brought out in a confidential whisper glancing round towards the door why but there's tatiana pavlovna yes tatiana pavlovna and anna andreyevna both of them and lizaveta makarovna also and your mamma all of them they all take an interest tatiana pavlovna and anna andreyevna are great friends now a piece of news she grew much livelier as she talked i looked at her with hatred you are much livelier than when you came to see me last oh yes i think you've grown stouter she looked strangely at me i've grown very fond of her very fond of whom why anna andreyevna very fond such a noble young lady and with such judgment you don't say so what about her how are things now she is very quiet very she was always quiet always if you've come here with scandal i cried suddenly unable to restrain myself let me tell you that i won't have anything to do with it i have decided to drop everything everyone i don't care i am going away i ceased suddenly for i realized what i was doing i felt it degrading to explain my new projects to her she heard me without surprise and without emotion but again a pause followed again she got up went to the door and peeped into the next room having assured herself that there was no one there 
and we were alone she returned with great composure and sat down in the same place as before you did that prettily i laughed suddenly you are keeping on your lodging at the clerk's she asked suddenly bending a little towards me and dropping her voice as though this question were the chief object for which she had come lodging i don't know perhaps i shall give it up how do i know they are anxiously expecting you the man's very impatient to see you and his wife too andrei petrovitch assured them you'd come back for certain but what is it to you anna andreyevna wanted to know too she was very glad to learn that you were staying how does she know so positively that i shall certainly stay on at that lodging i wanted to add and what is it to her but i refrained from asking through pride and monsieur lambert said the same thing too what monsieur lambert he declared most positively to andrei petrovitch that you would remain and he assured anna andreyevna of it too i felt shaken all over what marvels then lambert already knew versilov lambert had found his way to versilov lambert and anna andreyevna he had found his way to her too i felt overcome with fever but i kept silent my soul was flooded with a terrible rush of pride pride or i don't know what but i suddenly said to myself at that moment if i ask for one word in explanation i shall be involved in that world again and i shall never have done with it there was a glow of hate in my heart i resolutely made up my mind to be mute and to lie without moving she was silent too for a full minute what of prince nikolai ivanovitch i asked suddenly as though i had taken leave of my senses the fact is i asked simply to change the subject and again i chanced to ask the leading question like a madman i plunged back again into that world from which i had just before with such a shudder resolved to flee his honour is at sarkoisilo he is rather poorly and as the hot days have begun in town they all advised him to move to their house at tsarkoe for the sake of the air i made no answer madame and anna andreyevna visit him there twice a week they go together anna andreyevna and madame that is she were friends then they go together i did not speak they have become so friendly and anna andreyevna speaks so highly of katerina nikolaevna i still remained silent and katerina nikolaevna is in a whirl of society again it's one fete after another she is making quite a stir they say all the gentlemen at court are in love with her and everything's over with monsieur buring and there's to be no wedding so everybody declares it's been off ever since then that is since versilov's letter i trembled all over but i did not utter a word anna andreyevna is so sorry about prince sergey and katerina nikolaevna too and they all say that he will be acquitted and that stebolkoff will be condemned i looked at her with hatred she got up and suddenly bent down to me 
anna andreyevna particularly told me to find out how you are she said quite in a whisper and she particularly begged you to go and see her as soon as you begin to go out good-bye make haste and get well and i'll tell her she went away i sat on the edge of the bed a cold sweat came out on my forehead but i did not feel terror the incredible and grotesque news about lambert and his machinations did not for instance fill me with horror in the least as might have been expected from the dread perhaps unaccountable with which during my illness and the early days of my convalescence i recalled my meeting with him on that night on the contrary in that first moment of confusion as i sat on the bed after daria anisimovna had gone my mind did not dwell on lambert but more than all i thought about the news of her of her rupture with buring and of her success in society of her fetes of her triumphs of the stir she was making she's making quite a stir daria anisimovna's phrase was ringing in my ears and i suddenly felt that i had not the strength to struggle out of that whirlpool i had known how to control myself to hold my tongue and not to question daria anisimovna after her tales of marvels an overwhelming thirst for that life for their life took possession of my whole spirit and and another blissful thirst which i felt as a keen joy and an intense pain my thoughts were in a whirl but i let them whirl why be reasonable i felt even mother kept lambert's coming a secret i thought in incoherent snatches versilov must have told her not to speak of it i would rather die than ask versilov about lambert versilov the thought flashed upon me again versilov and lambert oh what a lot that's new among them bravo versilov he frightened the german buring with that letter he libelled her la calomnie il en reste toujours quelque chose and the german courtier was afraid of the scandal ha ha it's a lesson for her lambert surely lambert hasn't found his way to her to be sure he has why shouldn't she have an intrigue with him at this point i suddenly gave up pondering on this senseless tangle and sank back in despair with my head on my pillow but it shall not be i exclaimed with sudden determination i jumped out of bed put on my slippers and dressing-gown and went straight to makar ivanovitch's room as though there were in it a talisman to repel all enticements a means of salvation and an anchor to which i could cling it may really have been that i was feeling this at the time with my whole soul else why should i have leaped up with such a sudden and irresistible impulse and rushed into makar ivanovitch in such a state of mind three but to my surprise i found other people my mother and the doctor with makar ivanovitch as i had for some reason imagined i should find the old man alone as he had been yesterday i stopped short in the doorway in blank amazement before i had time to frown versilov came in followed by liza so they had all met for some reason in makar ivanovitch's room just when they were not wanted i have come to ask how you are i said going straight up to makar ivanovitch 
thank you my dear i was expecting you i knew you would come i was thinking of you in the night he looked into my face caressingly and i saw that perhaps he liked me best of them all but i could not help seeing instantly that though his face was cheerful his illness had made progress in the night the doctor had only just been examining him very seriously i learned afterwards that the doctor the same young man with whom i had quarrelled had been treating makar ivanovitch ever since he arrived had been very attentive to the patient and had diagnosed a complication of various diseases in him but i don't know their medical terms makar ivanovitch as i observed from the first glance was on the warmest friendliest terms with him i disliked that at the instant but i was of course in a very bad mood at the moment yes alexander semyonovitch how is our dear invalid to-day inquired versilov if i had not been so agitated it would have been most interesting to me to watch versilov's attitude to this old man i had wondered about it the day before what struck me most of all now was the extremely soft and pleasant expression in versilov's face there was something perfectly sincere in it i have noted already i believe that versilov's face became wonderfully beautiful as soon as it became ever so little kindly why we keep quarrelling answered the doctor with makar ivanovitch i don't believe it it's impossible to quarrel with him but he won't obey he doesn't sleep at night come give over alexander semyonovitch that's enough scolding said makar ivanovitch laughing well andrei petrovitch how have they treated our good lady here she's been sighing and moaning all the morning she's worrying he added indicating mother ach andrei petrovitch cried my mother who was really very uneasy do make haste and tell us don't keep us in suspense how has it been settled for her poor thing they have found her guilty and sentenced her ach cried my mother but not to siberia don't distress yourself to a fine of fifteen roubles that's all it was a farce he sat down the doctor sat down too they were talking of tatiana pavlovna i knew nothing yet of what had happened i sat down on makar ivanovitch's left and liza sat opposite me on the right she evidently had some special sorrow of her own to-day with which she had come to my mother there was a look of uneasiness and irritation in her face at that moment we exchanged glances and i thought to myself we are both disgraced and i must make the first advances my heart was suddenly softened to her versilov meanwhile had begun describing what had happened that morning it seemed that tatiana pavlovna had had to appear before the justice of the peace that morning on a charge brought against her by her cook the whole affair was utterly absurd i have mentioned already that the ill-tempered cook would sometimes when she was sulky refuse to speak and would not say a word to her mistress for a whole week at a time i mentioned too tatiana's weakness in regard to her how she put up with anything from her and absolutely refused to get rid of her all these whimsical caprices of old maiden ladies are in my eyes utterly beneath contempt and so undeserving of attention and i only mention this story here because this cook is destined to play a leading and momentous part in the sequel of my story 
so tatiana pavlovna driven out of all patience by the obstinate finnish woman who had refused to answer a word for several days had suddenly at last struck her a thing she had never done before even then the cook did not utter the slightest sound but the same day she communicated the fact to a discharged midshipman called osiatroff who earned a precarious existence by undertaking cases of various sorts and of course by getting up such cases as this for the courts it had ended in tatiana pavlovna's being summoned before the justice of the peace and when the case was tried versilov had for some reason appeared as a witness versilov described all this with extraordinary gaiety and humour so that even mother laughed he even mimicked tatiana pavlovna and the midshipman and the cook the cook had from the very beginning announced to the court that she wanted a money fine for if they put my mistress in prison whom am i going to cook for in answer to the judge tatiana pavlovna answered with immense condescension not even deigning to defend herself on the contrary she had concluded with the words i did beat her and i shall do it again whereupon she was promptly fined three roubles for her impudent answer the midshipman a lean lanky young man would have begun with a long speech in defence of his client but broke down disgracefully to the amusement of the whole court the hearing was soon over and tatiana pavlovna was condemned to pay fifteen roubles to the injured maria tatiana pavlovna promptly drew out her purse and proceeded on the spot to pay the money whereupon the midshipman at once approached her and was putting out his hand to take it but tatiana pavlovna thrust aside his hand almost with a blow and turned to maria don't you trouble madam you needn't put yourself out put it down in our accounts i'll settle with this fellow see maria what a lanky fellow you've picked out for yourself said tatiana pavlovna pointing to the midshipman hugely delighted that maria had spoken to her at last he is a lanky one to be sure maria answered slyly did you order cutlets with peas i did not hear this morning i was in a hurry to get here oh no with cabbage maria and please don't burn it to a cinder as you did yesterday no i'll do my best to-day madam let me have your hand and she kissed her mistress's hand in token of reconciliation she entertained the whole court in fact ah what a woman said mother shaking her head very much pleased with the news and andrei petrovitch's account of it though she looked uneasily on the sly at liza she has been a self-willed lady from her childhood smiled makar ivanovitch spleen and idleness opined the doctor is it i am self-willed is it i am spleen and idleness asked tatiana pavlovna coming in upon us suddenly evidently very well pleased with herself it's not for you to talk nonsense alexander semyonovitch when you were ten years old you knew whether i was idle and you've been treating yourself for spleen for the last year and have not been able to cure yourself so you ought to be ashamed well you've picked me to pieces enough thanks for troubling to come to the court andrei petrovitch well how are you makarushka 
it's only you i've come to see not this fellow she pointed to me but at once gave me a friendly pat on the shoulder i had never before seen her in such a good humour well how is he turning suddenly to the doctor and frowning anxiously why he won't lie in bed and he only tires himself out sitting up like this why i only sit up like this a little with company makar ivanovitch murmured with a face of entreaty like a child's yes we like this we like this we like a little gossip when our friends gather round us i know makarushka said tatiana pavlovna yes you're a quick one you are and there's no getting over you wait a bit let me speak i'll lie down darling i'll obey but you know to my thinking if you take to your bed you may never get up that's what i've got at the back of my head friend to be sure i knew that was it peasant superstitions if i take to my bed they say ten to one i shan't get up that's what the peasants very often fear and they would rather keep on their legs when they're ill than go to a hospital as for you makar ivanovitch you're simply homesick for freedom and the open road that's all that's the matter with you you've got out of the habit of staying long in one place why you're what's called a pilgrim aren't you and tramping is almost a passion in our peasantry i've noticed it more than once in them our peasants are tramps before everything then makar is a tramp according to you tatiana pavlovna caught him up oh i did not mean that i used the word in a general sense well yes a religious tramp though he is a holy man yet he is a tramp in a good respectful sense but a tramp i speak from the medical point of view i assure you i addressed the doctor suddenly that you and i and all the rest here are more like tramps than this old man from whom you and i ought to learn too because he has a firm footing in life while well, we all of us have no firm standpoint at all but how should you understand that though i spoke very cuttingly it seemed but i had come in feeling upset i don't know why i went on sitting there and felt as though i were beside myself what are you saying said tatiana pavlovna looking at me suspiciously how did you find him makar ivanovitch she asked pointing her finger at me god bless him he's a sharp one said the old man with a serious air but at the words sharp one almost every one laughed i controlled myself somehow the doctor laughed more than any one it was rather unlucky that i did not know at the time of a previous compact between them versilov the doctor and tatiana pavlovna had agreed three days before to do all they could to distract mother from brooding and apprehension on account of makar ivanovitch whose illness was far more dangerous and hopeless than i had any suspicion of then that's why they were all making jokes and trying to laugh only the doctor was stupid and did not know how to make jokes naturally that was the cause of all that followed if i had known of their agreement at that time i should not have done what i did liza knew nothing either i sat listening with half my mind they talked and laughed and all the time my head was full of daria onisimovna and her news and i could not shake off the thought of her i kept picturing how she had sat and looked and had cautiously got up and peeped into the next room at last they all suddenly laughed 
tatiana pavlovna i don't in the least know why called the doctor an infidel why all you doctors are infidels makar ivanovitch said the doctor very stupidly pretending to be offended and to be appealing to him as an umpire am i an infidel you an infidel no you are not an infidel the old man answered sedately looking at him instantly no thank god he said shaking his head you are a merry-hearted man and if a man's merry-hearted he's not an infidel the doctor observed ironically that's in its own way an idea observed versilov he was not laughing however it's a great idea i could not help exclaiming struck by the thought the doctor looked round inquiringly these learned people these same professors probably they had been talking about professors just before began makar ivanovitch looking down at the beginning off i was frightened of them i was in terror in their presence for i dreaded an infidel more than anything i have only one soul i used to think what if i lose it i shan't be able to find another but afterwards i plucked up heart after all i thought they are not gods but just the same as we are men of like passions with ourselves and my curiosity was great i shall find out i thought what this infidelity is like but afterwards even that curiosity passed over he paused though he meant to go on still with the same gentle sedate smile there are simple souls who put complete trust in every one and have no suspicion of mockery such people are always of limited intelligence for they are always ready to display all that is precious in their hearts to every newcomer but in makar ivanovitch i fancied there was something else and the impulse that led him to speak was different and not only the innocence of simplicity one caught glimpses as it were of the missionary in him i even caught with pleasure some sly glances he bent upon the doctor and even perhaps on versilov the conversation was evidently a continuation of a previous discussion between them the week before but unluckily the fatal phrase which had so electrified me the day before cropped up in it again and led me to an outburst which i regret to this day i am afraid of the unbeliever even now perhaps the old man went on with concentrated intensity only friend alexander semyonovitch i tell you what i've never met an infidel but i have met worldly men that's what one must call them they are of all sorts big and little ignorant and learned and even some of the humblest class but it's all vanity they read and argue all their lives filling themselves with the sweetness of books while they remain in perplexity and can come to no conclusion some quite let themselves go and give up taking notice of themselves some grow harder than a stone and their hearts are full of wandering dreams others become heartless and frivolous and all they can do is to mock and jeer another will out of books gather some flowers and those according to his own fancy but he still is full of vanity and there is no decision in him and then again there is a great deal of dreariness the small man is in want he has no bread and naught to keep his babes alive with he sleeps on rough straw 
and all the time his heart is light and merry he is coarse and sinful yet his heart is light but the great man drinks too much and eats too much and sits on a pile of gold yet there is nothing in his heart but gloom some have been through all the sciences and are still depressed and i fancy that the more intellect a man has the greater his dreariness and then again they have been teaching ever since the world began and to what good purpose have they taught that the world might be fairer and merrier and the abode of every sort of joy and another thing i must tell you they have no seemliness they don't even want it at all all are ruined but they boast of their own destruction but to return to the one truth they never think and to live without god is naught but torment and it seems that we curse that whereby we are enlightened and know it not ourselves and what's the sense of it it's impossible to be a man and not bow down to something such a man could not bear the burden of himself nor could there be such a man if he rejects god then he bows down to an idol fashioned of wood or of gold or of thought they are all idolaters and not infidels that is how we ought to describe them though we can't say there are no infidels there are men who are downright infidels only they are far more terrible than those others for they come with god's name on their lips i have heard of them more than once but i have not met them at all there are such friend and i fancy too that there are bound to be there are makar ivanovitch versilov agreed suddenly there are such and there are bound to be there certainly are and there are certainly bound to be i burst out hotly and impulsively i don't know why but i was carried away by versilov's tone and fascinated by a sort of idea in the words there are bound to be the conversation was an absolute surprise to me but at that minute something happened also quite unexpected four it was a very bright day by the doctor's orders makar ivanovitch's blind was as a rule not drawn up all day but there was a curtain over the window now instead of the blind so that the upper part of the window was not covered this was because the old man was miserable at not seeing the sun at all when he had the blind and as we were sitting there the sun's rays fell suddenly full upon makar ivanovitch's face at first absorbed in conversation he took no notice of it but mechanically as he talked he several times turned his head on one side because the bright sunlight hurt and irritated his bad eyes mother standing beside him glanced several times uneasily towards the window all that was wanted was to screen the window completely with something but to avoid interrupting the conversation she thought it better to try and move the bench on which makar ivanovitch was sitting a little to the right it did not need to be moved more than six or at the most eight inches she had bent down several times and taken hold of the bench but could not move it the bench with makar ivanovitch sitting on it would not move feeling her efforts unconsciously in the heat of conversation makar ivanovitch several times tried to get up but his legs would not obey him but mother went on straining all her strength to move it and at last all this exasperated liza horribly i noticed several angry irritated looks from her but for the first moment i did not know to what to ascribe them besides i was carried away 
by the conversation and i suddenly heard her almost shout sharply to makar ivanovitch do get up if it's ever so little you see how hard it is for mother the old man looked at her quickly instantly grasped her meaning and hurriedly tried to stand up but without success he raised himself a couple of inches and fell back on the bench i can't my dearie he answered plaintively looking as it were meekly at liza you can talk by the hour together but you haven't the strength to stir an inch liza cried tatiana pavlovna makar ivanovitch made another great effort take your crutches they are lying beside you you can get up with your crutches liza snapped out again to be sure said the old man and he made haste to pick up his crutches he must be lifted said versilov standing up the doctor too moved and tatiana pavlovna ran up but before they had time to reach him makar ivanovitch leaning on the crutches with a tremendous effort suddenly raised himself and stood up looking round with a triumphant air there i have got up he said almost with pride laughing gleefully thank you my dear you have taught me a lesson and i thought that my poor legs would not obey me at all but he did not remain standing long he had hardly finished speaking when his crutch on which he was leaning with the whole weight of his body somehow slipped on the rug and as his poor legs were scarcely any support at all he fell heavily full length on the floor i remember it was almost horrible to see all cried out and rushed to lift him up but thank god he had broken no bones he had only knocked his knees with a heavy thud against the floor but he had succeeded in putting out his right hand and breaking his fall with it he was picked up and seated on the bed he was very pale not from fright but from the shock the doctor had told them that he was suffering more from disease of the heart than anything mother was beside herself with fright and still pale trembling all over and still a little bewildered makar ivanovitch turned suddenly to liza and almost tenderly in a soft voice said to her no my dearie my legs really won't hold me i cannot express what an impression this made on me at the time there was not the faintest note of complaint or reproach in the poor old man's words on the contrary it was perfectly evident that he had not noticed anything spiteful in liza's words and had accepted her shout as something quite befitting that is that it was quite right to pitch into him for his remissness all this had a very great effect on liza too at the moment when he fell she had rushed forward like all the rest of us and stood numb with horror and miserable of course at having caused it all hearing his words she almost instantly flushed crimson with shame and remorse that's enough tatiana pavlovna commanded suddenly this comes of talking too much it's time we were off it's a bad lookout when the doctor himself begins to chatter quite so assented alexander semyonovitch who was occupied with the invalid i'm to blame tatiana pavlovna he needs rest but tatiana pavlovna did not hear him she had been for half a minute watching liza intently come here liza and kiss me that is if you care to kiss an old fool like me she said unexpectedly and she kissed the girl i don't know why but it seemed exactly the right thing to do so that i almost rushed to kiss tatiana pavlovna myself what was fitting was not to overwhelm liza with reproach 
but to welcome with joy and congratulation the new feeling that must certainly have sprung up in her but instead of all those feelings i suddenly stood up and rapped out resolutely makar ivanovitch you used again the word seemliness and i have been worrying about that word yesterday and all these days in fact all my life i have been worrying about it only i didn't know what it was this coincidence i look upon as momentous almost miraculous i say this in your presence but i was instantly checked i repeat i did not know their compact about mother and makar ivanovitch they considered me of course judging from my doings in the past capable of making a scene of any sort stop him stop him cried tatiana pavlovna utterly infuriated mother began trembling makar ivanovitch seeing the general alarm was alarmed too arkady hush versilov cried sternly for me my friends i said raising my voice to see you all beside this babe i indicated makar is unseemly there is only one saint here and that is mother and even she you are alarming him the doctor said emphatically i know i am the enemy to every one in the world or something of the sort i began faltering but looking round once more i glared defiantly at versilov arkady he cried again just such a scene has happened once here already between us i entreat you restrain yourself now i cannot describe the intense feeling with which he said this a deep sadness sincere and complete was manifest in his face what was most surprising was that he looked as though he were guilty as though i were the judge and he were the criminal this was the last straw for me yes i shouted to him and replied just such a scene we had before when i buried versilov and tore him out of my heart but then there followed a resurrection from the dead but now now there will be no rising again but but all of you here shall see what i am capable of you have no idea what i can show you saying this i rushed into my room versilov ran after me five i had a relapse i had a violent attack of fever and by nightfall was delirious but i was not all the time in delirium i had innumerable dreams shapeless and following one another in endless succession one such dream or fragment of a dream i shall remember as long as i live i will describe it without attempting to explain it it was prophetic and i cannot leave it out i suddenly found myself with my heart full of a grand and proud design in a large lofty room i remember the room very well it was not at tatiana pavlovna's i may observe anticipating events but although i was alone i felt continually with uneasiness and discomfort that i was not alone at all that i was awaited and that something was being expected of me somewhere outside the door people were sitting and waiting for what i was going to do the sensation was unendurable oh if i could only be alone and suddenly she walked in she looked at me timidly she was very much afraid she looked into my eyes in my hand i had the letter she smiled to fascinate me she fawned upon me i was sorry but i began to feel repulsion suddenly she hid her face in her hands i flung the letter on the table with unutterable disdain as much as to say you needn't beg take it i want nothing of you i revenge myself for all your insults by contempt 
i went out of the room choking with immense pride but at the door lambert clutched me in the darkness fool fool he whispered holding me by the arm with all his might she will have to open a high-class boarding-house for wenches in vasilyevsky's island note well to get her living if her father hearing of the letter from me were to deprive her of her inheritance and drive her out of the house i quote what lambert said word for word as i dreamed it arkady makarovitch is in quest of seemliness i heard the low voice of anna andreevna somewhere close by on the stairs but there was a note not of approval but of insufferable mockery in her words i returned to the room with lambert but seeing lambert she began to laugh my first impression was one of horrible dismay such dismay as that i stopped short and would not go up to her i stared at her and could not believe my eyes as though she had just thrown off a mask the features were the same but each feature seemed distorted by an insolence that was beyond all bounds the ransom the ransom madam cried lambert and both laughed louder than ever while my heart went cold oh can that shameless creature be the woman one glance from whom set my heart glowing with virtue you see what these proud creatures in their good society are ready to do for money cried lambert but the shameless creature was not even abashed by that she laughed at my being so horrified oh she was ready to pay the ransom that i saw and and what came over me i no longer felt pity or disgust i was thrilled as i had never been before i was overwhelmed by a new and indescribable feeling such as i had never known before and strong as life itself i could not have gone away now for anything on earth oh how it pleased me that it was so shameful i clutched her hands the touch of her hands sent an agonizing thrill through me and i put my lips to her insolent crimson lips that invited me quivering with laughter oh away with that vile memory a cursed dream i swear that until that loathsome dream nothing like that shameful idea had ever been in my mind there had never been even an unconscious dream of the sort though i had kept the letter sewn up in my pocket and i sometimes gripped my pocket with a strange smile how was it all this came to me so complete it was because i had the soul of a spider it shows that all this had long ago been hatching in my corrupt heart and laid latent in my desires but my waking heart was still ashamed and my mind dared not consciously picture anything of the sort but in sleep the soul presented and laid bare all that was hidden in the heart with the utmost accuracy in a complete picture and in prophetic form and was that what i had threatened to show them when i had run out of makar ivanovitch's room that morning but enough for the time no more of this that dream is one of the strangest things that has happened in my life End of part three chapter two